It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for sportingnews.com. And as you've been listening to the show, if you haven't listened to the show yet, been in full advanced scouting mode as we broke down NFL free agency. Still some things to happen there, but for the most part, the key veteran moves are done for now. We'll pop in as things happen there that change the course of teams. But we've got the NFL draft coming up. Now we're closing in almost a month away. And we're going to talk more and more about that as we go forward. Look at these prospects. Look at the potential. And you got to know the talents coming in. In the end, the number one thing in fantasy football is talent. And then you go around there looking at fits and how they can produce and all that. At sportingnews.com, you can also check this article out on Twitter or my Facebook page. I have a story on Saquon Barkley and 12 fits. Yep, count them, 12 teams that have a need at running back, have some potential in the first round and maybe some interest to trade up. Some teams don't have to do that. They can just take them or think about him when he's available and on the clock potentially at their turn in the high first round but the Penn State running back we know is a very special player Ezekiel Elliott we know what happened to him as the number four of our pick a couple years ago he immediately exploded as a fantasy stud now he's locked in as a top three RB1 and top three pick overall with that suspension now in the rear view so we know Barkley is an amazing talent but it still comes down to where he can go and succeed and be as productive as he wants to be here. And you look at last year's draft, Leonard Fournette was the early pick there. He did come through early with the scores. did have the durability issues later. But Kareem Hunt, we know, was awesome for a lot of the first half and a good stretch of the stretch run there. So, And Alvin Kamara definitely stood out as the best, with Christian McCaffrey doing some damage in PPR leagues for sure. But Barkley is more in that Elliott vein because he can do a lot of things and he's going to stay on the field. Very good receiver. Going to do some things in the return game, probably no matter where he goes, but still a complete back here. And that's what we're going to break down. And I do have an article, 12 teams interested in him and the fits that he would provide there and I'll break that down and not necessarily the order of what I have 12 to 1 in terms of least likely to get him in the first round to the most likely is lining up with exactly where his best fantasy production is so we'll start with what I had as number 12 is the Seahawks they're at number 18 a very unusual spot for the Seahawks they're used to being in the playoffs not picking that high in drafts 
there in the top 20. So they've got some things to decide here. They want to fix their running game. If you look at it, it's been an offseason of clearing house there. No more Mike Davis. No more Thomas Rawls. No more Eddie Lacy. So they're clearing out basically all the options they had last year. Chris Carson was their best, but he went down with a leg injury. They thought C.J. Procise would have a bigger role, but he had an ankle injury there as well. So they had to put in J.D. McKissick more as the receiving back. So Carson, we know, leg, he should be recovered and be okay. We know that the ankle can be kind of tricky with Procise, and he's got a lot of durability issues as it is. So we look at the Seahawks. They do have a void for a running back, but when you look at – Seattle there, it's going to be very hard. They don't have too many picks in this draft. They're going to have to be aggressive, find something they can give in return, maybe a future pick there to move up in position to get Barkley. But you can't rule them out because it's a glaring need and they need a dynamic back. And keep in mind, this would be a great fantasy fit for Barkley because you have Russell Wilson, his running ability. We know Trace McSorley, the quarterback at Penn State, he could move around a little bit. They can do a lot of good zone read work between Wilson and Barkley as they uh, flip the script on the offense there, going from Daryl Bevel to Brian Schottenheimer. So there are a lot of things to like about Barkley's game in relation to Russell Wilson. And you look, all, all of a sudden now, Paul Richardson is gone as a free agent. Jimmy Graham is gone as a free agent. They got Doug Baldwin as their number one option in the passing game as well. So this would be maybe the number one fantasy fit for Barkley, the only downside would be facing the defenses of the Cardinals. 49ers run defense was actually improved last year. And then you have the Rams, who've really loaded up up front with Aaron Donald and are pretty deep in the secondary as well. So this is a tough defensive division all of a sudden, but that would be the only downside. You look at the role, he would step into an every down role pretty much immediately there, be involved in the pass game. He would be an RB1 if he lands in Seattle. The only question would be the offensive line I think they would definitely try to upgrade that significantly if they can in the draft if they were going to go after Barkley so that's a bit of the opportunity cost for the Seahawks that's what they'd have to give up there now the next team I'll talk about is the Miami Dolphins I don't see this one happening here when you look at uh, the number one 11 overall pick they suddenly have a defensive need here with the and Dominican Sue being released. Kenyon Drake was pretty good last year, remember, after they traded Jay Ajayi. They haven't re-signed Damian Williams. So you look at uh, Drake being trusted more to do things here in the second year as a starter under Adam Gase. And defensively, this team just has too many needs. So I don't see it happening. And then you look at it, Barkley versus Drake, what would they do there? Drake, they looked at as an early down, Barkley and all that. So this fit is probably not going to happen, more so because the Dolphins have to do other things there at number 11. They're not because the talent isn't there for Barkley, should he slip, or should the Dolphins want to move up, but I can't see them moving up here at all. So I'm pretty confident Barkley won't end up in Miami, and uh, it's not the best situation for him anyway with the offensive line issues that they're trying to sort through and having the presence of Drake. Now, a good fit would definitely be the Jets at number three, but the problem is they're not the Jets at number six anymore because they moved up three spots. They sent a lot to the Colts' second-round picks just for those uh, three spots, and that means they're going to go after a quarterback. There's no way you do this for a running back. 
Although Barkley would be worth it in my assessment in terms of what the Jets need, they did sign Isaiah Crowell, the former Brown, in free agency. But we know Crowell has pretty much been an early down type, so they needed a more dynamic back there. Crowell could also be a backup to a guy like Barkley. But you think the Jets, because of sensing this trade was going to happen, they got a body there in Crowell. Maybe still get something out of Bilal Powell and Elijah McGuire with Matt Forte retiring, or maybe look at a receiving back specifically there in uh, Sonny Michelle of Georgia, for example, in a later round. So Barkley with the Jets would be pretty incredible. They are rebuilding their offensive line a little bit, added uh, Spencer Long, the uh, center from the Redskins. So there's still work in progress there. So it would be a situation where you would have seen a lot of stacked boxes for sure because they would have to go in a different direction for the rookie quarterback somebody maybe more overwhelmed with that or plug in josh mccown or teddy bridgewater there so when you look at it just the opportunity would have been there for barkley but the fit in terms of production right away for fantasy football purposes would be a little skeptical now, we're talking about the NFL draft here, and the best way to keep up with all the prospects and their stock and Saquon Barkley, where he might be going, the latest rumors, is to listen to Lockdown NFL Draft here or on the Lockdown NFL Network. It's your hub on the podcast networks to find everything you need to know, possibly leading up to the big day. Pro days are in full swing. The NFL Combine's in the rear view. We're going to soon get these teams assigned with players and uh, you got to stay on top of things by listening to Locked on NFL Draft hosted by John Ledger and Trevor Sikama on the network. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked on NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now we'll get into some more likely teams for Saquon Barkley. We're getting warmer, getting warmer, but here's some teams that I put in the category of wildcards. So the first category there with the Seahawks, Dolphins, Jets, now have become long shots. Here are the wild cards. And the first one you have to look at is the 49ers, the number nine pick. They've been a wild card all the time. We didn't think they were going to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo that early. They did. We didn't think that Jarek McKinnon would get a big deal from them, but he did. Speaking of McKinnon, they have looked at him right now as being the feature back, and that's what he wanted. I think that was the selling point and the contract, of course, that he got there to join the 49ers. So they're looking at him as Devonta Freeman, which surprises me for sure because McKinnon has not shown that. Maybe they're getting a little too excited about that, but that tells me they need to still a compliment here. And Barkley, you look at that backfield, if you had a Barkley-McKinnon combination there, remember we had Dalvin Cook and uh, McKinnon last year. Could have been a lot different had Cook not gone down with the torn ACL. McKinnon may have been a lot busier there complimenting what Cook could do. Here, the problem is, again, with Barkley and McKinnon and Cook and McKinnon is the fact that uh, Barkley can also catch passes as well. So a guy like McKinnon is already going to be a roadblock 
to being productive in the passing game, especially with how much they paid him and how much they want to use him. So this spot wouldn't be that great anymore for him. If they had just left it open, they probably would have been tied to taking Barkley a little bit more or moving up for him. But now that they have McKinnon and Shanahan has thrown all this great praise on McKinnon and all the things he can do out of the backfield, then uh, you would think they are not going in this direction in the draft. When you look at the Raiders, they've had an offseason as well as uh, changing up their backfield, adding Doug Martin, who was released by the Buccaneers. Marshawn Lynch agreed to a contract restructure and is having his bonus picked up. He'll be around there for 2019 as well. So very old backfield. We know Martin and Lynch have had their injury and durability issues. Age is certainly there for Lynch, Martin, been in and out of the doghouse in Tampa Bay, can't stay healthy, has some other issues. So do we completely trust this Raiders backfield in fantasy right now? Probably not. We're just more up in arms because it was already hard between Lynch and Jalen Richard and what they had in DeAndre Washington. But when you look at throwing a guy like Barkley in the mix with Martin, you'd be very cloudy here and you would not know what you're going to get. So part of it we know as Martin and Lynch being there also make the Raiders very unlikely to take Barkley, but you never know. It's the Raiders. They like size, speed, quickness, athleticism type prospects that stand out. They still like that even in the Reggie McKenzie era of uh, general managing. So you never know with the Raiders, so you can't totally rule them out. But in fantasy, again, they would not be the best possible situation. Now we go to the Colts, and the Colts, now we're getting a little warmer here. They're the number six pick. Really the question is, would the Colts be able to trade up again? Probably not. And then the next question is, would Barkley slide to number six? Now if both of those things happen, or one of those things really happens, then the Colts and Barkley make a lot of sense. Frank Gore is going away. He's on his tour trying to find a job instead of retiring. Meanwhile, you have... uh, Your two remaining backs are Marlon Mack and Josh Ferguson. Mack, a later on pick. Ferguson was an undrafted free agent they liked before he got hurt there. So that's not the greatest backfield situation where you say, okay, it's set. We're going to just slap together a committee of these couple guys and be happy with it. They still should be improving. But they're not going to cry if they don't get him at number six either. They can also tap into other backs later in the draft. We know the value is there. We saw it with Kamara and Hunt. You don't have to be in on guys like uh, Fournette and McCaffrey. You can get a deal in the second round as well with Dalvin Cook and all that happening last year. So the Colts still would do a lot better than anything else if they were able to uh, get Barkley at number six. He would be incredible. Get there to help Andrew Luck. This offensive line is improving. They did retain Jack Muhort. It's better than you think on the left side of Muhort and Anthony Costanzo. And Ryan Kelly at center coming back from his injury. I still think they could upgrade at guard. And that's a position they could look at instead. Where if Barkley's off the board, I have them looking at Quentin Nelson, the guard from uh, Notre Dame, and going in that direction, then getting their back later, which would also be kind of intriguing for sure. But if they got Barkley, it doesn't matter what they else they do in their offensive line. If they can find someone to plug the hole later in the draft, we're going to be very excited because luck is coming back. You have this passing game, T.Y. Hilton. They can stretch the field. They're still trying to find some other answers at number two now that Dante Moncrief has left as a free agent to Jacksonville. So when you look at uh, 
overall with the this fit here so I really like it it's in a division where you have the Jaguars they're pretty good against the run they did have some moments where they were struggling the Titans were solid against the run last year as well the Texans really struggled against the run so the division is still not bad for a guy like Barkley but again the town takes over He's going to be a three-down type if he goes to a situation like Indianapolis and play off a pretty good passing game. So everything considered there, Big Ten country, I would expect Barkley to keep producing like he was in the Big Ten. Now we go to the next category I have is the three sleepers to draft. So the sleepers are now number six through four here in the Barkley. Fitz, the Redskins, number 13. They really need a running back. We've heard Jay Gruden, the coach, say that he wants to look at running back early in this draft. That doesn't necessarily mean first round. It could be day two there to find an option. The Redskins do have a ton of needs there defensively, offensive line there when they pick at number 13. So the question would be, does Barkley somehow slip because of other needs and quarterbacks going off the board and best player available or defense being more addressed early or do the Redskins take a gamble and move up a little bit for a player that would uh, really be dynamic there to put with uh, Alex Smith their new quarterback they have Paul Richardson as a new receiver in the mix here and you look at their backfield now it's Rob Kelly we know that he's always been hurt struggled there Samaj Pirine struggled as a rookie has some ability and flash something last year but Chris Thompson is the returning best back. He's more of a third down pure back. And we saw the durability didn't last as he went down for the season last year as well. So they're looking for somebody who can do it all, clean up this mess, be more productive. So again, they're going to have the same decision as the Colts, balancing out how much they want to invest in their offensive line first and then go after getting a back that can uh, help solve their woes there. Or do they want to go for the back first? and be aggressive about that, and then find offensive line answers. Later, the difference here, the Redskins are pretty good on the outside there with Trent Williams and Morgan Moses, and they also have Brandon Scherf at right guard. So they're not void on the offensive line like the Colts are, where they might need to add one more. The Colts do have some good pieces as well, but I say the Redskins have a little bit more. So when we look at this, though, Alex Smith we saw what Hunt did with Alex Smith last year. You do have some returning threats there in the passing game for Washington with uh, Josh Doxson and Jameson Crowder, as well as Richardson. So you have a pretty complete offense where it's going to be enough passing threats, especially if Jordan Reed can stay healthy tight end or Vernon Davis can still give you something there. It's going to set up a Hunt-like situation potentially for Barkley. So this is a very exciting spot, I would say. Right now, you look at the Colts, Redskins, and Seahawks of the teams I've mentioned being good for Barkley. Now, at number five, as we get to an intriguing team, number 20, the Lions. We're going to watch the Lions carefully because they're going to draft a running back at some point. When you sign LeGarrette Blunt, an aging LeGarrette Blunt, to be your backup power back, and you're disappointing Amir Abdul, you have a new coaching regime, and Theoretic is pretty much locked in as your receiving back. He proved he can be much more than that. Last year, they did bring back Zach Zenner as well as Blunt. This all indicates that the Lions are going to look for a back early and be in the market. Now, number 20, staying there is going to be very hard 
to get Barkley. We know that. They're the team with the lowest pick there in this article that I have up on sportingnews.com. So how aggressive does Bob Quinn, the general manager, want to be? Lines haven't really made such splashy moves of late. They've been more defensive line and offensive line oriented with some of their picks here of late. They haven't really gone skill position in a while here in the draft. So when you look at it, Barkley, though, could be really special going from the Lions to the Lions, Nittany Lions to the regular Honolulu Blue Lions. When you look at that, I think he would get every opportunity to touch the ball. I think even with the presence of Riddick, they would try to get Barkley on the field more on a regular basis and just have Riddick in very specific passing situations. You have the passing game there with Matthew Stafford uh, stretching the field with Golden Tate and Marvin Jones Jr., where you're going to get Barkley more involved. You have a switch up at tight end here as uh, Eric Ebron is out the door, so you might need some more production in the intermediate passing game from a guy like Barkley. So all things line up as a very good fit, and Lions are vowing to improve. Again, the running game, whatever it takes, and Barkley would definitely be a big solution because I think a lot of the problem, yeah, their line hasn't been elite by any means, but a lot of the problem has been Abdullah and just not the decisive, strong running that they expected in the Jim Caldwell area. Now they stick with Jim Bob Cooter, have Matt Patricia in there. It's time to clean up, and... And Barkley, definitely, you can't rule them out making a power move for him. Now, we go to the Buccaneers at number seven. This would be a great fit as well. Peyton Barber is now their best returning back. He was resigned. Martin, as I mentioned, was released. This is a pretty darn good fit, especially after they added Ryan Jensen, the elite run-blocking center from the Ravens in free agency. So this offensive line's better. We know the field is going to stretch here with Dirk Cutter and James Winston. They expect more out of Deshaun Watson or Deshaun Jackson, I should say, with Mike Evans, who got the big contract, and then you have Chris Godwin out of Penn State in that offense. They've already tapped into that offense once under James Franklin to get a Nittany Lion. So you put him in this situation, high scoring. This is the NFC South where you look at the Saints with Kamara and Ingram and their explosive offense, the Panthers with McCaffrey and what they can do in the passing game, and then you get the Falcons with the Devonta Freeman, Tevin Coleman. The Buccaneers need to keep up with the Joneses here in the South, and uh, Barkley would definitely get every opportunity to explode on that team. So as I've talked about these teams, the Buccaneers now move into the position of the juiciest landing spot for Barkley. Now, talking about all these teams, we've talked about nine teams so far, and the best way to get your beat report, so to speak, all throughout the offseason, every week, is by listening to the Lockdown Network. We've got you covered in the NFL. We've got you covered on NBA. And we've got you now covered on MLB as we expand our network to do team-by-team podcasts there. And that's what we do, team-by-team, local, focused, and uh, giving you the insight that you won't get anywhere else on other podcasts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, speaking of 
podcasts on the Lockdown Network. It's time to close out our show with the three favorites. Dun, da, 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 that Saquon Barkley is most likely to end up with in the draft. And a lot of it is based on draft position. And we'll start with the number three team. They have the number one and number four overall picks. They are the Cleveland Browns. And the Browns added Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson Jr. Well, they're trying to extend Duke Johnson Jr. They already had him, but they added Carlos Hyde in the mix. He essentially replaces Isaiah Crowell as your early down option for the Browns here. So look at this. It's more of a luxury pick for them to go after Barkley at this point. And we look at John Dorsey, his history and general manager coming over from the Chiefs, didn't really invest in running backs early. So he still makes a long shot, but the Browns could do it because they are in position to be a luxury picker in this draft all of a sudden because of the moves they made in free agency. They settled a quarterback with a stopgap. They don't necessarily need to reach for a quarterback. You still expect them to take one with either the number one, more likely, Sam Darnold there, or the number four overall pick. So that's going to leave the other pick to kind of play with. It's the best player available. I think logic might say go after Minka Fitzpatrick instead to keep adding to your secondary, but Barkley's definitely in play even with the moves they made. He's just that special. We know Hugh Jackson wants to have a nice running game. We know that uh, Barkley has some qualities of Le'Veon Bell, and we know Todd Haley is the new Browns offensive coordinator. So all those things considered, if they don't want to extend Johnson and want to let him walk, want to have a more complete back, we know Carlos Hyde is always hurt, this would still be a very good fit for fantasy overall just by pure talent. Remember, we go back to the top of the show. Talent is the number one thing that drives fantasy production, and Barkley has a ton of it, and Browns have really improved their offensive role when you look at Jarvis Landry in there to help Josh Gordon with Tyron Taylor, his running ability as well, helping the running backs, as well as a pretty good offensive line there. Even without Joe Thomas retired, you still have a good set of guys there, namely Kevin Zeitler and Joel Betonio holding things down for the Browns. So great spot if he ends up there for sure. The Giants, you look at them, now number two overall pick. They could be looking more at pass rusher as we went on the air. Jason Pierre-Paul was traded to the Buccaneers. They are making the switch here to a 3-4 base defense. So Bradley Chubb could definitely be the number two pick. The Giants could also trade out of that pick. But when they go to Barkley here, that would be pretty special. We know they upgraded their offensive line on the left side with Nate Solder at tackle. So that's one big move. They're going to have to make a few more. They actually have a pretty good right guard there in John Jerry. They're going to have to figure out what to do without uh, Justin Pugh and uh, Weston Richburg. Pugh went to the Cardinals. Richburg went to the 49ers to really upgrade the offensive line. But Barkley, again, dynamic running back. He's going to get every opportunity there. Jonathan Stewart is the only other real legitimate back they have now. A veteran note, they still have uh, Wayne Gallman and Paul Perkins, but Barkley would easily play over those two guys, and Stewart would be just a guy, maybe steal a few touchdowns, but Barkley would still get the majority of touches uh, there. So that's a pretty good fit. Not as juicy as I would say when you look at the Browns or Buccaneers, Redskins, or Colts. Those are just a little bit better in terms of what we can expect to produce. The Giants offensive line has some pause there, and... uh, just a few question marks, but it's still a pretty darn good fit for Barkley. I think you look at it, in most cases, he's going to be an RB1. I think in the Giants' case, 
if that were to happen, I would think more as an RB2. I'd temper my expectations a little bit. And finally, drum roll, please, in your head, if you want to do that, the Denver Broncos with the number five pick. They are now emerging as the best bet for Saquon Barkley with the thing, way things are shaking out. I would expect some team is going to jump in there and take a quarterback at some point, maybe even make a deal with the Browns to take away their pick at number four or the Giants pick at number two. Maybe it's the Cardinals or the Bills, but I expect that to happen. We know that it's happened in the past. And everyone knows the Broncos want a quarterback. Everyone knows John Elway is going to look at a quarterback, whether it's Josh Rosen or Josh Allen. So you got to jump there if you want to get that quarterback. And if that's the case, then all of a sudden the Broncos have to find another way to go other than quarterback. And I don't think they'll panic. They'll say, we can get Saquon Barkley. We could use him. C.J. Anderson is our best returning back. Jamal Charles is our aging back. There was a free agent. We need help in the running game. Stat, I think our offensive line can be better. There's a lot left on the table in this running scheme last year. Barkley could fill all those holes there and uh, definitely be a workhorse. Case Keenum gives us a legitimate quarterback option now where we don't have to force the issue here. So Barkley with the Broncos, I'd love to see that happen. I think he'd be very productive. Again, you're looking at him as an RB1 in most cases just because of the ability in the Broncos. If they're going to invest this highly in a back, and remember Terrell Davis was such a big deal for John Elway that uh, he's going to get the ball and be very active. And we know Vance Joseph getting a second opportunity. He wants the running game to complement the defense, be better, take pressure off with mess they had in the past game that should be a little bit cleaned up there with Keenum coming in but uh, still going to be a focus on the running game to complement the defense and that's why we love Barkley going there so there you have it there's all your potential fancy football fits for Saquon Barkley as well as reality so reality doesn't always translate well to fantasy keep that in mind as you're scouting these prospects but talent comes first then opportunity and then you look at Barkley, wherever he goes, he's going to have plenty of both at his disposal. For Locked On Fantasy Football, until we talk more about the draft in our next show, this has been Vinny Iyer. We'll see you next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.